What's going on, my beautiful humans? Welcome back to another episode of One Too Many with your host, Kyle Glenn. That's me. Hey, look at that. Woohoo! <laughs> this week's episode was nothing short of amazing. My great friend, Aaron Robin, is on the show. I called him Aaron Robin in the episode. Um, that was a little slip of the tongue, but also people call him Aaron Robin at work, so I'm not going to fucking fret about it. But anyways, this week's episode was so amazing. This man is so knowledgeable. We talked about his life and balance, his work-life balance with bartending and being a professional dancer for several years. We talked about his transition into making cocktails for the dance company that he was working with and then into the pandemic in 2020 where he started hosting Zoom classes on how to make cocktails for corporate events and corporate companies. We've also spoke, we also spoke about his work in production. He does a lot of content creation for a company called Refinery29 and in partnership with Cheeky Cocktails, who you can look up online. He's, he's, he's been creating cocktail menus. He's been creating his own recipes. He's been doing all of his own content all over Instagram and Facebook. You can check this man out on Instagram at someone's problem. Super simple. Aaron Robin, you're going to have a, uh, a wealth of knowledge in, in, in cocktail courses, in building cocktails, and also the history of cocktails and where they came from in this episode and what it's like to be a bartender and a specifically a mixologist in New York this year and for the last nine years. Everybody, please welcome Aaron Robin to One Too Many. Salud. <laughs> Anyways, brother, I'm glad that you're here. Me too. Yeah. Thanks. You probably thought you were going to be in some crazy studio and I was like, welcome to my humble abode. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I tried to make you feel super comfortable with the 1940s music, yeah. the 30s. Feel like we're in a speakeasy, but we're not. Yeah. The know? leather couch really, that, that like was the cherry on top. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to add a little plastic to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like grandma's leather couch. So it becomes grandmother's leather, yeah, leather couch, exactly. Don't put your fucking feet on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I need a cigarette ashtray, which I actually have over there. But okay. I need to get a good crystal one. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. The fucking light next to you is perfect, though. Oh, it is. Oh, my gosh. I think that might be the same one that my grandfather had. It's a touch one. But I have it unplugged right now. It's not going to work. Okay. <laughs> we can do that afterwards, okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a big plan for afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, big plans, big plans. <laughs> no, I wanted to bring you, I wanted to bring you on the show because we've been working together for several years now. Yeah. We started working together either in 2000, I think I started I came over to Tots in 2018. Yeah. Or no, I think I came over in the winter of 2017. Yes. Yeah. The w- December of 2017 I came over. Yeah. Uh that's when Jeremy was still there. And yeah. um, I think I started in 2018. Yeah. So that might be when we. Okay. Met. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Where were you working before that? I was downstairs. I've been at the standard for like nine years. Okay. Eight and a half years. That's right. Were you only yeah. at the standard though? 
I I worked at like a few other little restaurants, but then like just for like short stints. But I just kept the standard for a very long time. Okay. I was yeah. I had a dance career as well, so I was like right. anywhere that would let me take a month off and then come back. I was like, all right, I'll just stay there. And That's the standard it. was the only place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I got to say, of all the places that I've worked, they are most definitely the best at. Uh, like making things work for their staff. Yeah. Because they all know that everyone there has side... I mean, that's just a side hustle for them. Yeah. It's just their moneymaker. Yeah. As it is for me as an actor, as a photographer, as uh, supposedly a podcast host. Um, <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> You're doing it. I do a lot of other things. But um, yeah, it's like it's the best place that I have worked at in terms of letting their... Uh, staff really pursue their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how busy you used to be as an as a, as a dancer, and I don't know how much dancing you're doing now. Even I, I don't really yeah. see you doing a whole lot, but yeah, I so I danced for a company called The Feather Theory. They're still mm-hmm. going, and they're incredible. And I really loved working with them. It was it was all dance theater, um, dance theater media stuff, and, mm-hmm. and like all based on Andy Warhol philosophies. And the question, the big question was like, do we create culture or does culture create us? Um, and looking at pop culture and creating shows about it, which was mm. really brilliant and like fun to, to be involved in. And, and like rehearsals were, were very like, thought based and like you know it wasn't like show up learn this phrase and then piss off <laughs> it mm-hmm. was like reconsidering like what would what would um a chorus line look like if Andy Warhol made it like recreated his own version hmm. and it was a lot of like thinking and sitting and talking um and it was really great work but um in <laughs> early March 2020 I, the company was going through a lot of changes. They were hiring a bunch of new people, which was very strange for us. We were seven people for years and, um, there were just a lot of changes where it was becoming like more of a job job and less of like a family of like vaudevillian dancers, like putting together stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just like (laughs) making stuff happen. Um, and so my director and I sort of like mutually decided that that we would separate and like I would not work for them anymore for Uh. now in this capacity and so I left early March 2020 and then the world said well if Aaron's not dancing no one can dance that's that's a and that's a fact that is exactly what happened there's no more dancing I'm so sorry that's why I haven't seen any dancing in a music video lately no nothing there's no shows going on that's why Broadway shut down exactly everything Mm-hmm. All because of you. Yep. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'll, I'll dance, I swear. This is, the, this, is, this is your impact on the world. I, you this know, is how important you are. I would like to believe that. <laughs> I would like to believe that I would have a better impact. But, um, <laughs> but that, that sort of power is what I'm looking for, yeah. That's crazy. And so you were... So um, how, how, like how heavy of a workload was that as, yeah. you know, you said there's only seven of you. Mm-hmm. In, in the company. Yeah. And, and it would switch out. It was sort of like project dependent, but mm-hmm. most of us were there for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. We did a show about every nine months. So I think in the like five to six year period that I was with them, we did 
seven shows. Um, and so we would like have a, a month at Martha's Vineyard at a residency and then mm. do the show like a month after that. And we would have like tech in between that. So I would leave the standard for like a month and then mm-hmm. be back for two weeks and then leave for two weeks and mm-hmm. do the show and then come back and they would just be like, Oh good. You're, you're back. Great. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're very freaking loyal to yeah. the people. I mean, obviously, the great bartenders, mm-hmm. first and foremost. You know, they're going to keep anybody who knows what the hell they're doing and knows how to and knows how to serve, but also someone who's been loyal to them and who doesn't fuck around and show up late and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But what does that look like for you? Like, what was your life-work balance as a bartender during that time? Because, you know, the grill had different hours mm-hmm. than uh, Le Bon, right? Yeah. Le Bon, we're going till 4 a.m. I don't know what time, I don't know what time the grill used to close, but what did that look like for you? Like, what was a week for you, bartending and dancing? Yeah. Um, I was I was actually just looking over old schedules that I still have in my email for some reason. And <laughs> you're, um, you're not there anymore. I, I, well, just quit living in the past. I was just like, <laughs> let's just see, like, what was this person who was making like, $300 busing at a restaurant <laughs> a week. Like, how was I alive? Like, what did I do? Because I think I had, when I first moved to New York, I had two internships, two jobs, and then I started dancing for the company. And mm. I, I think, like, some of those fell off. And, and like, thankfully, I made some decisions, which mm. was always hard for me to, like, say, I can't do this anymore. I'm quitting. Right. But um, in terms of timing, it was always really difficult. There were... I think my first year was just figuring out how to schedule my life Mm because it was like the first time that I was um, having to do it for myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there was a lot of like crossover and running into each other. A lot of days where like I go to work at 6 a.m., get off at 2 and then go to rehearsal at 4 and rehearse for from like 4 to Go to work at 6 a.m.? Yeah. So, like, at the plaza, they do breakfast. So, I was like, I'll take, like, depending on on the rehearsal scheduling, I would be like, let me work anything that works around these times. And as I've gotten older, that's become harder. So, I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. I'm not working the same day as, like, a rehearsal (laughs) or now I do, like, photo shoot stuff. And I'm like, there's no need for me to to spend 10 a.m. to, like, midnight doing anything. Right. I can do one thing a day and right. some time. So you'd wake up and go to work at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then what? And then get off at 2 and go to rehearsal from 4 until about 10 p.m. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And and be expected in rehearsal to show up with the energy and like mental clarity. thousand percent. To to help write a script. thousand percent. was going to be the show. Right. So, yeah. It's I mean, fucking youth. passion. It that's youth. what we do out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's what everybody does when they come out here. That's the that's the New York grind that a lot of people listening or, you know, people who haven't lived here don't really understand. Like, yeah. you know, they know it's... Re- and that's why a lot of people don't move here because they're afraid to work that hard. They're afraid to put themselves out there. They're afraid to take those chances. Yeah. And, you know, I can relate to the same thing. You know, it's like when I moved here, it was... You know, I had, a, <clears throat> I had a separate job down at the back room down in the Lower East Side, but... Um, once I got 
you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just speak for the standards specifically, but yeah, I was working four days a week, mm-hmm. you know, working until five thirty. you know, we don't you know, close at four o'clock. Don't get out till five thirty six 6am yeah. wake up in the morning. I'm going to auditions at like nine thirty ten 10am in the morning. Yeah. Some of the modeling auditions were, you know, it's it, or sorry, castings, but you know, where I'm not really having to act, but you have to look good. Yeah, and it's you like, have to look like you okay, slept that night. You know, thank God I'm youth. I was I was youthful and yeah. it, it could still work. But uh, you know that, and then on top of going to the gym and staying healthy, on top of all the networking shit that I would be doing at yeah. at night, and all the classes that I would be in, just mm-hmm. like your rehearsals. You know, I'd be taking class two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, depending, I'd have a you know a weekly class that I would be in, and then sometimes I would pay a little extra and go to see a casting director or something like that or an agent that I might want to see. And, yeah. you know, that week I might have to be, you know, memorizing five pages or, you know, I'm from like a Monday until like a Tuesday night, you know, I work at night but have to memorize a five-page script, audition the next night on top of working, on top of going to, you know, do all these other things. Like, yeah. it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I remember on like slow days, then when I became a bartender, I was like in the the box, which is like the service bar in the very back. You're basically like in the kitchen making drinks. And <laughs> I remember slow days, I would just sit there and like study my script. Totally. And like, you know, on other days I would just watch movies. But <laughs> for the most part, I was like doing something productive because I was like, okay, this time is like not being used by these people who are paying me. So I might as well be standing here ready at the ready, but like still being productive for myself. Yeah. 1000%. I I spent many hours studying scripts while I was bartending. Anytime it's slow, it phones out or I, you know, I I used to, I, I like to print my sides. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I bring them to work, pull them out whenever it's slow, just study while you're sitting there. Um, were you bartending? Cause you came, hold on. So you grew up in Miami. Uh, Fort Lauderdale. But Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Um, and you came to New York from Florida? Yeah. So I, I went to FSU and I studied dance. And okay. I was there for three years and a summer. Mm-hmm. And I had enough credits other than I think I needed seven credits that could have been anything. And so I came to New York and did two internships. And I wrote a grant um, for my seven credits. And which was like my own like time management, figuring out all of that stuff. That's that period where mm-hmm. I was like, how do I schedule all of this stuff and make it work? Um, and I did, I guess. I got the degree. And uh, yeah, and then I was here in New York. Cool. And were you bartending before that? No. You never. weren't bartending in college at all? The most bartending I ever did was my roommate would throw these like black light parties and I would walk around with a handle of Jack Daniels and pour it down people's throats. <laughs> so like... Very different from what... Very extensive. Yeah, yeah. Extensive work. Yeah. <laughs> no speed pourer <laughs> insight, just like making freshmen guzzle Jack Daniels. Yeah. I thought it was the most badass thing I could do. You yeah. felt like the man of the hour. Yeah. Man of the party. Yeah. I mean, I, I also <laughs> knew like... <laughs> even this Jack Daniels has like a, a deep sim- like symbolic value to me. Like I, I like was obsessed with Lady Gaga, like every gay teen in 2010. And, and I, um, she had this show with Lady Starlight who would like 
pound a bottle of Jack Daniels on stage and then like do a show. And they were like, go, go dancers together. And they would like light hairspray on fire and like the Lower East Side. And, and I just remember like reading about this and, and like seeing interviews and then like going really deep into like New York nightlife and, and like learning about like Amanda Lepore and mm-hmm. Darian Darling doing all this makeup stuff and like Darian. Just, <laughs> just absolutely incredible people. And then becoming obsessed with that and being like, oh, that's, that's mine. Like I got to go find that. Yeah. Which is part of why I was like, okay, three years in Tallahassee, Florida is enough. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So was the standard your first job as a bartender? Yeah. I like got off a plane and came to the standard and I was like, give me a job, please. Wow. That's crazy. And they hired you as a bartender? No, as a, I was a busser. You were a busser. I was a server and... Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's right. You did wake, make your... Now that you're saying it, now I remember it, you talking about that a little bit. Yeah. I know you said busser earlier, making $300 a week yeah. or $300 a night or whatever, but um, it didn't click for me then. Um, that's crazy. So you worked your way up just like a couple other people in the company who yeah. now manage. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> We've all just been yeah. know, climbing the ship, I guess. Yeah. But you're not only you're not only bartending now, you're doing plenty of other stuff. Um, yeah. Obviously, as we talked about, the you know the dancing hasn't been as prevalent. You still do it behind the bar. You know this man's <laughs> doing splits and high kicks and shit, and I'm sitting there like trying to jiggy and you know make my money. I, I just have to keep the tip percentage very high, you know, like, and I feel like on certain nights um, that works in our favor. It does. And so I use it. It does. It does. It does. But, um, you know, you've been doing a lot of, like, content creation for yeah. brands like, like what, Cointro and I think Bacardi or who, who, have you, who else? Um, Cointro is a, a big yeah, one for you, right? Cointro does a lot yeah. of, like, we do a lot of their social media stuff. So a lot of the, the brands that are more prevalent on, like, Instagram specifically. Um, mm-hmm. Which are? Ones, uh, so Cointro, Botanist. Uh, Bonus Gin. Grand Marnier we've done. Um, Love Grand Marnier. I'm trying to think of my, you know my that. bar at home. Oh, of course. I know. <laughs> I, I think about you every time I look at a bottle of Grand Marnier now. <laughs> so you're, you Shout may be out the only Mo- person that's like, let's do shots of Grand Marnier specifically. Let's do it. Yeah. And it's great. Shout outs to Moe's Irish Pub, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> Jake Taylor, I love you, brother. You got me hooked on that shit. But anyways, keep going. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so, uh, now I've basically built out my home bar with all of the extra liquor from all of these shoots, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it actually started because of my dance career. I, I made cocktails for every single one of our shows and that, um, that were sort of represented by the show. So like in one of the shows we were all in morph suits the whole time, like full body, covered suits and we we did a recreation of an SNL episode that never aired called the love episode but and like we would change on the sides like just like they do in SNL when you like watch the dress rehearsal live they're like changing on the sides like everything's happening right in front of you yeah and so we did that as part of the show and then but we kept these morph suits on the whole time because we were these just like archetypes of people they didn't want us to be like this is Aaron. It was like, this is, you know, it doesn't matter who this person is underneath the morph suit. This person is just playing like the role for you 
and you can place whoever you want on top of them. So Mm. for the cocktail, I made these ice balls that I pulled all the liquid out of the inside. So it was just this empty sphere of ice. (laughs) And then I injected them with um, like dyed cocktails. So it was like a red one and then a yellow one and an orange and green. And, um, And then I poured those or I put those in the glass with like Prosecco on top in like separate cocktails. So that's fucking awesome. I made all these drinks for, for different events for us. And I was like, we should make a book. So I worked with our photographer from the, from the company, Kate, um, Kate Edmond, love you. Um, (laughs) and she's incredible. So I was like, I was like styling all these things and, and really like building out the, these, you know, tiny sets because they're for cocktails. But, um, not once thinking that I was a prop stylist or set designer, but I was like, oh, like cotton candy clouds for this one. And like, just, Mm. you know, we would have these like really creative Saturday afternoons where I would just come in and, and like we would shoot five cocktails a day. And, and then a friend came to one of the shoots and she was like, do you know that you're like set designing? And, and so she worked for refinery (laughs) 29 and she was like, come style for me here. And that's how I ended up like actually having, jobs doing that that's crazy refinery 29 explain to yeah. me and the audience what refinery 29 oh, yeah is. they're um uh refinery 29 is a, a media outlet it's they do articles they do um it's kind of like buzzfeed-esque um they have a lot of uh specific hosts that do specific shows like um i think there's one called five days with Lily, I think her name's Lily. I gotta look into it, but um, but she basically does like, um, she'll try something for five days. So she'll, oh, you know, okay. if it's, I think she's done one with Spindrift, and she's like, every day for five days, I'm gonna drink Spindrift, and like that's how I'm gonna get my water intake. And it was like early branded content. Like, I think they started in in like the early 2010 era, and this was like before a lot of like big YouTubers and, and mm-hmm. Instagrammers. So they, they sort of like hit it early. That's cool. Yeah. Dang. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're doing all kinds of set design and, and photography for, um, all these brands. And I see you posting on your Instagram all the time. Just like, you know, you know what? Let's address this right now. <laughs> what is this? What are we addressing? All you motherfuckers who keep taking this man's idea about, Holding a martini glass on your foot that's elevated in the air, flat like this. Mm-hmm. His idea, okay? So fuck all. We're gonna. We need to get. We need to get a little copyright on that bitch. Yeah, we do. You know, those are actually <laughs> the shoes that I. That I know. I, was wearing. I know they are. <laughs> can we get those shoes? Can, can we? Can we grab them? Get them in. Get them in. Yeah. Get them in. Because I know you love those shoes. <laughs> He said, I love these shoes. The New Balance. Uh, Look at these things. Jaden Smith. Smith. Will Smith's kid. Will Smith's son. Collaboration with New Balance. If you ever see a photo on Instagram or anywhere on the internet with that beautiful foot (laughs) upside down with a martini or a coupe on it. Mm -hmm. That was me. (laughs) Just know it's him. That was me. (laughs) And it was his idea first, you motherfuckers. (laughs) So quit stealing it. But you know what? It was hard enough to do <laughs> that anyone who does it and can do it, I'm like, 
Props. More power to you. Yeah, I feel Go that. For it. Enjoy. That's good. Thanks. That's good. Yeah. I'm with that. I'm with that. They deserve it as well. Yeah. It looks difficult. I'm, I, I'm sitting there looking at that picture. I'm like, how? Like long Achilles. How? It's a lot of... You like, have to have a long Achilles for yeah, sure. That's what it is. I don't have that much flexion in my foot, in my ankle. Dancer. Dancer. <laughs> yeah. I got a degree in it. Again, so like we talked about... <laughs> You yeah. know, something's got to be flexible. <laughs> we'll go back to the dent. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that earlier. It's always there. That's fucking awesome. Um, but what I'm loving about you and like your journey in in uh, the service industry mm-hmm. since I've known you and from what I know about your past is just that like you're creative with it. You love creating new cocktails. Like you're a serious mixologist. I don't consider myself a mixologist. Like, you know a bunch of shit about cocktails. I know a bunch of... I know a little amount of shit about a lot of cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> if you can make it, that's all That's all we need you to do. But, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not there to create you a nice cocktail, even though I can. Yeah. I'm there to... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm there just to be there, right? Yeah, you're I'm there to have a there, good time. I'm there to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And everybody knows that, that we work with. You yeah, know, yeah. that's my that's my role. And that's our <laughs> that's our vibe. We need that. Yeah. Everybody um, needs that. Yeah. Every good bar needs that. You need the person who takes that shit seriously or has, like, fun with it and is creative. Yeah. Then you need the motherfuckers that just look pretty and just stand there and, you know, want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately, Nika. the person... Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, but an icon. I can't wait for her to be... An icon. I can't wait for her to own her own space in, like, two years. Seriously, what the fuck is going to happen? She's... It's for the listeners, like, uh, she is 19, and she is killing it. Destroying. She's bartending. She has my job, and she does it better than me. Destroying. I don't know how. Yeah. I, I would be mad if I if I wasn't... Just so enamored. Yeah. 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 You can find Nika at the Standard Hotel, everybody. I'm exposing her. But anyways, um, what's it? I mean, it's 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 cool. And I want to talk a little about your journey um, into cocktail creation. Yeah. And what that looks like and what that means to you. Because you're the first mixologist to come on the show. Right. And I consider you a mixologist, and I hope you consider yourself a mixologist, considering that you are right now in the second round of the top 100 bartenders in, what, the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Right? So far. Presented so by far. Diageo. Presented by who? Diageo. And who's Diageo? Uh, Diageo is uh, Johnny Walker, uh, Don Julio, Tanqueray, Kettle One, um, a lot of other brands. They are... are um, they're all of the big liquor names that you know and love, likely Diageo products. Um, Diageo is the big conglomerate that owns them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're great. They're really great within the the bar community. I I have a very good friend, Adrian Smith, who um, is she works for Enthuse, which is their their marketing company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she she actually was the one that told me that I should apply for this, and I was like. I, I've never, I think I've sent a few things in for, for bartending competitions. That was like maybe one of the first cocktail videos I ever made was for a, a bartender competition. And I was <laughs> like, oh, this is, I think this is fun. And, and yeah. like that might have actually also sparked a lot of the work that I do just for my personal page. Right. But um, I never really thought it was like possible or 
serious and or for me. Um, and I thought, you know, these people who are winning are like networking constantly. They, they know what's like on brand and what's going on. And, um, then I, I've been out with her a lot. She's taken me to a lot of events for Diageo and I sort of hadn't thought that I was like doing this big networking circle thing. And like, (laughs) I, I, you know, I'm just there, I'm enjoying it. It's like, you know, espresso martinis and, and a good time and a bunch of people who like drinks and talking (laughs) about drinks, which is me. And, (laughs) and so when she told me to do it, I was like, sure. I mean, if you, if you say so, like you're, you know, better than anyone I know. Right. And, um, yeah, I think the getting through the first round was really just following the rules very carefully. Oh, um, so, so how many people got knocked off though? I don't know. (laughs) I want to, that's my thing. I'm, I am getting my, it's like, it's like the squid games of (laughs) bartending competitions. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. But I, I do like that they, they send you your feedback from, from your first round and I haven't gotten it yet, but like they will, they're working on sending it over. Yeah. So, and I really appreciate that for anyone. And I think like coming from the dance world where so many dancers send in, um, audition tapes or like, uh, choreographers send in grants and, and like they like feedback is not a thing. It's Crickets. just yes or no. Crickets. And you can ask, but nothing, nothing. And so same, same in the acting world. Yeah. It's and it's it's like disheartening because you're like, how am I supposed to grow in any like real way if no one's telling me why? Right. So, so especially from the people who are casting it. Right. It's like, what are you looking for? But that's you know, I think that's a big at least for the acting world. uh, It's a big plus because you can go to these seminars that you can pay for Mm -hmm. with a you know, a prominent casting director and you can take a class with them, mm-hmm. right? You can take those classes, you can take those seminars, whether it be a couple weeks or whether it be one night and like 25 people are in the, in the room with you. So you're hearing their, her, their, his or her feedback or their feedback on every single person. So you're getting, you're getting to know exactly about that one casting director. Now every casting director is different, right? right. So it's still subjective. Like you don't really, you know, it can go both ways, but there's those certain things that will remain, uh, through everybody. But yeah, you just, you never hear back in a, a, sometimes you do though. Sometimes it's like, you know, we really love this tape, but cast, uh, but you know, production wanted to go in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The like close, but no cigar things, which is totally cool, which you have to take with a grain of salt because you know, you're doing something right. Yeah. You know, But okay, so you sent in your tapes, you're in round two. Yeah. I have two questions. One of them is for you. Number one, why am I not in this? Is that the one for running? me or is that, that the one for Why didn't you tell me about this? Okay. Um answer the cameras, please. Okay. Um on the day that I found out about this. It's your close up on the left, by the way. I thought oh hello. Yep. I see you. Um <laughs> I I found out mere days before the application was due and I um, did not see Kyle in those days. Another thing is I don't think that I was ready for that kind of competition (laughs) in my game. So I thought I would wait until next year. 
when I would tell Kyle <laughs> to apply for this. How's that? That's very Is that the lie you wanted? That's the lie wanted. Okay. That's perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, he's happy. Yes. <laughs> I got him. That's better than anything I could have asked for. Perfect. Question number two mm-hmm. is for Hennessy. Why haven't you casted me in one of your commercials yet, considering that I've sent you perfect audition tapes, just like him and I have been speaking about, yeah. of me bartending, just like the one that he sent for the top 100 for Diageo, uh-huh. of me making a motherfucking blood and sand, which I've made a thousand times. I've told you I'm a bartender at the Boom Boom Room, at Le Bon, at Pestis, at all these fucking great places in New York. Mm-hmm. What's happening, Henny? What's happening, Henny? And can I style that shoot whenever it happens? And when it happens, can we pl- please, please hire this man? Thank you. Okay. We can proceed. Okay. I Questions think, are yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> we got all of our... That's uh, the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> this is really just um, a vessel for us getting hired. <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, everything is. <laughs> that is Not going to lie. That is a little part of it, you know, to be, to be real. Yeah, no, don't lie. That's, that's valid. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I just realized my mic was almost uh, coming apart there. Thank God it was still <laughs> recording. It was off this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's going to be a really interesting one-sided conversation with me. <laughs> Your new host, Aaron Robin. Robin. Ro- Ro- Robinski. Robin. Robin. Like the bird. R- Rob- <laughs> Robinski. Robin. It, it was Robinowitz. <laughs> My grandfather changed it. <clears throat> Yeah. That's right. That's what we talked about. Yeah. Which is funny because that's the last name of one of my great friends, Nati. Nati Robinowitz. Yep. I was talking to him last night, actually. I was actually supposed to go see him, and he's also um, doing some work with Illegal Mescal. He works at Illegal. Oh, I love that. Like, uh, part-time at their bar over in Greenpoint. Yeah. Oh, so does my friend um, Cameron, who was at uh, the tiniest little world. Everyone's, yeah. knows everyone. But he was our La Colombe, um like brand ambassador. He mm. taught me how to make a latte. Oh. Good guy. Cool. Cameron. Shout out to Cameron. Thank you so much for teaching me. Teaching anything. him how to, uh, yeah. Anything. Congratulations. Any, That's hard. <laughs> anything and everything. Cameron's just a man of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I do consider myself a mixologist. Yeah. And, um, and I think over, over quarantine, I, I used cocktails as a, an outlet to learn a lot. I, I started teaching cocktail classes, right? which having the, the sort of like history of being head bartender at top of the standard really does help to sell that. To, mm-hmm. I started doing work for Bank of America, for Salesforce. It was a lot of their like team meeting stuff. Yeah. Getting to just like zoom into a bunch of execs at Bank of America's houses and teach them how to make cocktails. It is, it's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so dope. Yeah. And you were just doing that from home. Yeah. Over, and over Zoom. That's right. And I'm glad you brought that up because I honestly totally forgot that you started doing that during, yeah. during, uh, uh, the pandemic. Yeah. Very soon after it happened. A lot of it was actually, I started doing just Friday classes on Instagram live just cause I was like, we all need I remember something to that. do. I remember that. I need to remember what day it is. So if I do something every Friday, I'll remember. Uh-huh. And then that became every Monday I would do a photo shoot with a cocktail. 
make a flyer, post that on Wednesday with like the ingredients that you would need for the cocktail class on Friday. And so that became like, I then had to learn more about photography and got into taking photos. And I'd been using a film camera and I um, switched to a Leica, like a little point and shoot Leica, but Mm -hmm. um, it was great. And then I learned a bunch about lighting and all of that just by doing with all that extra time. Mm -hmm. And then taught a class on Fridays and then people started coming to it and, and realizing like, oh, he does this. And then I got hired by friends of friends who were like events coordinators and they like a bunch of people were giving them asks for like zoom events and just people thought of me because that's I was, so crazy that's what I was doing. That's so crazy. Yeah. It was fun. The only way to get it done is just to do it. Exactly. Right. It's just kind to of get annoying your, in that get, way. <laughs> it, it is, it is. But then you always come out on the other end, and you're like, "Fuck, man, I am so much stronger and knowledgeable and mm-hmm. just well versed in." Because y- y- you got to fail. Yeah, you got you got to go through those failures and 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 like you know, it's like a puzzle. You got to figure that puzzle out for yourself and try yeah. to make it work. Otherwise, how else are you ever going to learn? Right. You know, and no one's going to ask you to do it until they've seen you do it. Right. Which exactly. I think is like. And you got to be able to produce every time, especially once you're getting hired. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to know what the fuck you're doing if you're getting hired for something, right? Yeah. I would get onto these Zoom calls and I would be like, I would, you know, running around, putting all my stuff together, making sure that I had like the juices and the ice and everything. And then I would sit down mm-hmm. and I would be shaking every single time before all of these classes because I'm like, I don't know who these people are going to be. I don't know what they're going to be like. It's very different from like, you know, you get that like pre-bartending anxiety when you know it's a big party and you're like, I'm going to be six deep for the next five hours. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I have to like breathe right now and figure out like, what do I need? Do I need like a coffee or something to make me yeah. stay positive throughout this? Because <laughs> it's going to be hard. Coffee's your choice typically? Mm-hmm, yep. Just coffee. <laughs> that is. Well, not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a Red Bull every now and then if we're feeling wild. Um uh, but so getting that, but then also being like, I'm going to be the only person people are listening to on a zoom call <laughs> for an hour and a half. And I have to teach yeah. these people something, but I also have to entertain them, which is the bigger, it's always the bigger thing. Yeah, it's just right. being the fun, entertaining, knowledgeable person right. in the room and, mm-hmm. and really like taking the reins on the room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these people are execs at, Bank of America. They mm. don't need to listen to me. All I know about is like shaking a cocktail. They don't know shit about that though. Exactly. <laughs> and they all want to know too. And everybody wants to know how to make a fucking cocktail. Yeah. Everyone. I mean, thank God for Tom Cruise and cocktail. Mm-hmm. But what were you going to say? You were going to say and what? Oh, and they're like already on their left foot a little bit because they're like, I don't know how to do this. And they, right. They, I imagine they're all very good at their jobs. So I think that being bad at something really puts you in the this sort of like, I'm in charge. I will get you through this. Definitely. Just follow my lead. Definitely. You're like, come with me if you want to live. Definitely. <laughs> and they, they do. They it's do. Great. They do. And I think they do because, and I get to work with a lot of people like these mm-hmm. because, you know, I work for Liquid Labs. Yeah. Shout out to Liquid Labs, Parker Bowes. Greg, I love you guys. If you don't know uh, what Liquid Labs is, I'm also going to promote them right now because we're on it. But they also teach cocktail courses for corporate events. 
Um, they also, uh, you know, will bartend your parties and blah, 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 just as this man will right here. Um, but that's how I got my start into, aside from actually working at a bar. Right. Because those are, do they do, they do a couple, they offer a couple different programs. It's like the, the do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So people will come up to our little station and we'll have like five shakers set up and they'll, you know do their thing and we'll walk them through how to make a cocktail just as you do over, yeah. over, over, well, zoom. as, as you were doing over zoom or yeah. if you are still doing it, I'm not sure if you are, but, uh, every now and then it depends. I mean, I think people are really excited about live in-person events again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, this is toggling back and forth. And by mm-hmm. the time people are listening to this, I don't know if that's true anymore, <laughs> but, <laughs> but or we could be in the thick of it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I might be teaching a lot more zoom classes. Um, <laughs> I got a question for you, though. Yeah. So when you're doing those, do you have people go out, like the people that are in the class, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have them go out and get the ingredients? You're like, this is what you're going to need to make this cocktail um, prior to the class? So I also, this is a good bridge. I, I also worked for a company called Cheeky Cocktails. I made a lot of their content over quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would teach their cocktail classes. And Cheeky Cocktails, who we love, Cheeky Cocktails love you, um, is a mixer company made by Gates and April oh. uh, Wachtel. Um, Gates is the man who taught me how to bartend. Um, he's uh, They started originally as Swig and Swallow, which was like a pre-made um, sour mix, basically, that you just put together with your liquor and it's a cocktail. Um, Cheeky is now separate ingredients um, that are shelf-stable, but they are actual fresh lemon juice, actual fresh lime juice, um, high pressure pasteurized, I believe they might use heat, but, um, so they're shelf stable and then just classic syrup. So like simple syrup, agave, honey, ginger, ginger, honey, and cranberry syrup. Okay, cool. And they just launched an espresso martini mix. Nice. Um, which is great. But they, um, so they send kits to a lot of these people. So if it's a class that I did with Cheeky, it would be, they would send the kits and then, um, usually the client or someone organizing the event for the client would be, would like send a drizzly order of the spirit. Drizzly. Yeah. So just like a alcohol delivery service. Got you. Um, the perks of living in New York city. Yeah. Right. I mean, and and these are, these people (laughs) are listeners from fucking like middle of nowhere. Idaho is going to be like, what? Drizzly. Drizzly. Wow. They get alcohol delivered. No, they do it. They, I, (laughs) I swear I've taught for someone in Idaho, I'm sure. And they got a drizzly order. Maybe Boise. Yeah. Somewhere nice. Maybe a real city. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about Idaho. I have nothing to add. Um, (laughs) I'm just hating on all small towns right now. Yeah, that's all. Do it. I'm just fucking kidding. I'm from a small town. I love all you guys. Yeah. And I hope to bring more opportunities like this and these experiences that we have here in the city back home. That's like a goal of mine. But that's good. Just had to say that. We love small towns. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Where we were do we? have drizzly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. Um, You're like drizzly's everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's how a lot of these kits get delivered is, is through cheeky or, um, I've done my own kits where like I'll send like little shaker sets and, and like fresh fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we'll make like the simple syrup at home or I'll send a grocery list. Um, which also got me into like 
some graphic design where I had to send these like recipe cards. Mm. Um, and so I'd use my images, but also then make these graphics of like the recipe so that people could follow along with something on their phone as well. So just like steadily cool. being like, how do I make this class more seamless and like more fun and yeah. more branded? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Damn, dude, that's really awesome. Thanks. That's really fucking cool. And um, where was I going to go with this? Uh, uh, we were talking about um, uh, Drizzly, the dis- uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the people, uh, uh, the, the Skype, the Skype, and, and the actual class. Um, I wanted to go back to the people because it's it, it's that interesting dynamic where you know, and that's I think that's a reason why I started this podcast mm-hmm. is because. Everybody loves to drink. Yep. Not everybody, but <laughs> the majority of people yeah. love to drink. They love to go to bars. They love to go to restaurants. It's yeah. a fucking experience. That's what makes good restaurants always so fun to go to. Their food is great. Their drinks are great. The service is great. Blah, 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 blah. The people are great. The crowd is great. The ambiance is great. Um, and, you know, you have so many people that love when they get a great cocktail just as they do when they get great food. Um, and, you know, there might be, you know, like, say, a paper plane. Like, at Pastis, they actually put, like, a tiny little paper plane on the side of the glass, right? It's connected to the glass. It's like, yeah. wow, that's such a cool little thing, but it enhances your experience so much, plus the drink is fucking amazing, right? Yeah. Um, and it, you just... You, it's, it's, I'm relating this to starting the podcast because people do have such an interest in cocktails and food and beverage, considering how much we go out and we eat. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because it's like you're, we're getting a real taste of what it is to be a mixologist, what it is like to balance that world, the other projects that you have going on. And, you know, they want to know how it is to make a cocktail. And that's why you started a class. So you can be like, yo, listen, this is a shaker. It's a Boston shaker set. This is how a strainer works. This is the measurement of a jigger, Mm -hmm. right? You have a pour spout for your, you know, because it's, you give them the, the, it's fun because people go home. People are always taking the recipes home from, you know, our classes and stuff like that. And then they go and show their friends or they host a little party and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to make some cocktails tonight. Like I know how to make a cocktail. (laughs) It's like, like, watch what I got. That it's like, they're, then they're the guy walking around with a bottle of Jack Daniels in a club. Uh, in a little house party pouring shit in people's mouths, you know what I mean? Then yeah. they feel like that guy. They yeah. feel like you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and why would anyone ever want that? No. <laughs> no. Um. But that's exactly why I started this podcast because it's like people want to know that. They yeah. want to feel that. They want to know what that life is like. Yeah. You know? And that's what I think is special about this podcast and special about you and having you on here as a guest and all the people around me that I work with and um, that I deal with on a daily basis and I put up with and can't fucking stand working with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad we spoke about that. Now, I think what we should talk about now is, you know, what makes a good cocktail mm. for you? And like, what are your favorite things to use yeah. as a mixologist? But uh, let's start with the basics and yeah. like, let's tell people what it really you know, the four or five basic things that you need yeah. to have a 
a, a, a base of a cocktail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing is like I, you said, everyone loves to drink, and and it's true. Not everyone loves to drink, but everyone loves a well-crafted drink, whether it's alcoholic or not. So I, I think like to make a great cocktail, this is earth-shattering, but you may not need alcohol. We're not sure. <laughs> Jury's still out. If you want it, have it. If you don't want it, you don't need it. Um, so I think that's that's sort of like accessible to anyone in that way. Um, but but. It, you know, there's there's these templates. There's I always teach a uh, a sour cocktail, um, a stirred cocktail, and then a spritz. So something that is shaken and sour um, usually has lemon or lime juice, uh, some side some kind of sugar, mm-hmm. um, and then the spirit. The stirred cocktail we usually do a very simple old fashioned. Um, so <laughs> something sweet, which is your sugar, uh, bitters. And the the spirit itself. And what are bitters, Aaron? Bitters are and they're actually very very old. It's a long uh, standing thing. It's a tincture using herbs. Tincture. And, uh, they use. Uh, <laughs> no, wow, you're throwing me off. Um, they use alcohol usually to extract flavors um, from things like roots and and herbs. A uh, very strong alcohol. Yeah. Correct. So for Angostura, it's it's forty four percent, and I I so the Angostura recipe is very very secret. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, a little known fact: they have an agreement with Customs that when they ship things back and forth between the UK and Trinidad and Tobago, because the company's in the UK and they're produced in Trinidad and Tobago, they ship them in these black leather bags, and Customs will not check them they let them ship whatever it is because they can't let the secret get out. Spooky. Wow. Yeah. That's Bodies. crazy. <laughs> no. I never I never knew that. Creepy, right? That's really crazy. Yeah. If anybody knows or if anybody wants to know, we're talking about Angostura, as he's mentioned. Angostura, if you are getting a Manhattan or especially an old-fashioned anywhere in the United States and pretty much anywhere in the world, it's going to be made with Angostura. Like that's the base bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As he said, made with usually higher alcohol content, spirit, a lot of herbs, roots, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Spices, whatever it might be. You have hellfire bitters, celery bitters, orange bitters, Angostura, which is their own, obviously specific recipe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, all right, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. Um, so, so you have the stirred cocktail, the sour cocktail, and then a, and then I do something like a spritz, either like spritz. then just a sour that's topped with some soda, which, um, at the time when it was made big game changer, your Tom Collins, your, um, early origin of a margarita, um, in that the margarita story is a very long one, but it started as basically <laughs> a whiskey sour, but topped with a splash of soda. And that was oh. considered a modifier. And then the modifier changed from soda to grenadine to uh, orange liqueur. And the spirit changed from whiskey to gin to then when drinking in America wasn't allowed anymore and people went to Mexico to drink, they switched to tequila. And instead of lemon juice, which you usually use in a whiskey sour, it switched to lime juice because in Mexico, limes are much more available. And <laughs> so they were making a drink that was sugar. Lime, orange liqueur, and tequila. And they were calling it a daisy, which in Spanish is 
margarita. <laughs> wow. And that all began in wow. New York in 18, in like the early 1800s um, in around Wall Street. Wow. That's where the, the Daisy cocktail came to be. Around Wall Street. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Early 1800s. Yeah. I, uh, I want to say 1886, actually. So late 1800s. But Wow. Yeah. And then it just kept changing and changing and changing. And then in, in the 20s when drinking wasn't allowed, people went to Mexico and started drinking there. And the margarita. That's insane. It's wild, right? I love that you know the history of these cocktails. I also taught a class called The History of the World Through Booze. So I did a lot of like <laughs> reading about, I, I feel like alcohol is just such a fun medium for like anything. If it's like, it's crazy being creative with what you're putting into a drink or, you know, reading about the history of the world. It's like booze is a really fun lens to be like, Oh, people were drunk all like throughout history. It's not new. Like, and I, I always of say that it, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Uh, alcohol sort of went through this, back and forth thing where it started as ritual and then it became um, like medicinal and then it went back to ritual and medicinal. And and like now, of course, we are in a ritual phase because we're like, it is a a cultural ritual and I don't think anytime soon we're going to think that it's a medicinal thing. But um, historically, that's sort of been the toggle. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And I, I believe, if I'm right, beer was also invented by the Egyptians, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, so so there's this mix called King's Tut's uh, mix. I think it's King's, King's, King Tut's something. And Lion's Head has recreated it, um, uh, or Dogfish Head um, has recreated it. And it's, it was the early mix of mead, beer, which early beers and, uh, wine, which they were drinking in Egypt. And there's this incredible historian, uh, named Peter McGovern, who, um, does a lot of like the historical science around alcohol specifically in like Egypt area. Um, and he, he's helped them trace back how they made that drink and then dogfish head recreated it. What? Yeah. The fuck? Peter McGovern is super cool. That is crazy. Yeah. We should get some. <laughs> we should definitely get some. I've always liked Dogfish Head. Yeah. Dogfish Head is a brewery for anyone not listening or for anyone, <laughs> anyone who's not paying attention. <laughs> uh, anyone who does not know Dogfish Head, they make uh, like 120 minute IPA, 60 minute IPA, 30 minute IPA. Those were their first like three big beers that kind of made them famous. Yeah. Um, but wow, that is in, that's incredible. I never knew that. Yeah. And I love mead. Right. Mead is fantastic. If anybody has not drank mead in their life, you should definitely go get some good mead. There's a mead bar on the north side of Milwaukee. It's actually in Shorewood, which is like a northern suburb of uh, of Milwaukee, but you wouldn't really be able to tell. Um, uh, they have a mead bar, which is fucking amazing. That's so cool. They only sell mead. I love that. It's great. Yeah. We're going to go to Milwaukee. Yeah. I also wanted to go back real quick to um, another fun fact about Angostura. Oh, yeah. Because everybody, uh, you know, I shouldn't say everybody, but Angostura bitters, you would rec- most people would recognize the bottle if you've been in a bar, if you've ever had an old fashioned, if you've ever had a Manhattan. They also have something very particular and very special about their bottle, mm-hmm. right? They have 
I don't know if it's an agreement or whatever it might be, but they are the only ones that actually, when you look at the bottle, the, I think the story is that it was like originally made and the, and the label was too big or something like that. So what they did is they kind of just squeezed it and like wrapped it around the head of the, like, you know, the neck of the bottle. So now whenever you buy, and then that just kind of stuck and it became a thing. I don't know if that's, the exact story, but you can probably tell me better. I've heard a story about this. But yes. So um, the there were two brothers who were working or, or like who co-owned Angostura or were part of the family. Mm-hmm. And there was some like bottling graphic design before it was graphic design competition. And they wanted to enter Angostura into it. And so one of the brothers they agreed that one of the brothers would make the bottle and one would make the label, but they hadn't <laughs> talked about the sizing. So the one made the brother, uh, like the one made the label too The big. one made the brother? The one made the brother. <laughs> um, I'm sober right now. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> um, but one made the, the label too big or the other one made the bottle too small. I, you know, yeah, I might sure. argue that the bottle is too small. Bottle's too small, man. Yeah, Come on. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> So that's the story. And that is a story that I've heard. Um, yeah. So that when they actually entered the competition, it was like the only thing they could do is just last minute. They were like, squeeze it. Sure. <laughs> wrap it around the bottle. And Supposedly they won. But I mean, it's cool. It's a cool idea. Yeah. And now that you look at it, you're like, this is weird. But it's also I fuck with it. You know, it's very noticeable. <laughs> I also like the f- the texture of the paper that they had that mm-hmm. they use for the label. And I actually do like that. It's kind of wrapped up. It's like. You grab it and you're like, oh yeah, that's Angostura for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like a crumply piece of label. Yeah, paper around the top. Yeah, like a white label, <laughs> very dark brown bottle, yellow cap. For all of those people listening, if you uh, are not watching the video, I mean, I don't have it here either, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll go find it. You know, you can you can imagine in your head, I guess. <laughs> You've seen it. You've seen it for sure. <laughs> And if you haven't, go to a bar. Go fucking die. <laughs> harsh. <laughs> Very harsh. <laughs> go to a bar. Go to yeah. a bar for the first time. Yeah. I feel like I was, I, uh, there was a question that I was supposed to be answering. Oh. And this is how I get through an hour and a half class without ever teaching anything. It's just yeah. having little back, back pocket stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you need to make a cocktail or how do I... Oh, I, that's right, yeah. The four base. Yeah, we, st- we well, I asked you about, you know, like the base uh, ingredients for a cocktail, mm-hmm. right? That's not just like alcohol and soda, right? Yeah. Um, and then you told me about the three that you typically teach mm-hmm. uh, and the bases for those. Yeah. And... Um, oh, I... Yo, I, I asked you what your favorite, like ingredients were to use yeah and also i think we still kind of need to like hit on the three three or four bases of like a cocktail like yeah. a, a sweet a, a, an acidic you know blah 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 um so one thing i i know everyone's like very anti-sugar but sugar's use in cocktails is more for its texture um and it's usually used in a syrup because it's much easier to work with rather than like hard sugar because mm-hmm. um, when it gets cold, obviously it doesn't dissolve into the cocktail as well. Um, but alcohol is about 78% the weight of water. So it's already at this sort of deficit where if you put it in your mouth, like if you 
you know, you take a shot, it feels like it's already evaporating off of your tongue. It's very light. It um, doesn't have this like rich texture that can sort of coat your mouth. Mm. Um, so adding sugar, which is sort of the base of the old fashioned is you're just like putting the suit and tie on a spirit. Mm. Um, you're helping to add that, that weight so that you can take that sip and let it coat your mouth. And then the bitters are there to bring some balance back to the drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the original cocktail. That is what the word cocktail meant is spirit, bitter, sugar. That is it. And it was originally made um, or written about by Jerry Thomas in a, uh, in the 1800s. And the first one in his list of cocktails was made with gin. It was called the Holland cocktail. So this, I always talk about how uh, I like a paint by numbers idea of cocktails. I think if you like whiskey and I like tequila, we can both have an old fashioned. I would just have mine with tequila and, <laughs> yeah. and I can even have it with an aged one. If you think that old fashions have to be with aged spirits, <laughs> there is aged tequila, but, yeah. um, but really I like the idea that like you just take these templates and just completely change them. Um, but keeping the same ratios, same concept, same, um, some bitter, some sweet, you know, I can, I can flavor that sweetener. I can split the base so that it's, um, I put instead of two ounces of whiskey, I do a half ounce of tequila, a half ounce of mezcal, a half ounce of cognac and a half ounce of scotch. And like, let's see what that tastes like. Mm -hmm. Long Island of old fashions might be a little (laughs) gross, but we might as well try it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to say that I'm the Bob Ross of cocktails cause he, you know, no mistakes, just happy little accidents. <laughs> and when you have these <laughs> templates, it's just happy little accidents. Um, so, so there's the old fashioned, the original cocktail, um, cocktail, the name coming from putting a, a little pep in your step and a mm. cocking your tail up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the sour, which, uh, fresh lemon and lime juice are very important. Very, very important. Um, there's, there's no substitute, um, oh, God. but it's easy enough to juice a lime. Just saying. It is. Um, it is very easy to juice a lime. Yeah. So especially if you're There's making a, one cocktail for yourself or for your friends. Um, yeah. If you're starting to get into batch cocktails, that's when you can consider buying some very good, uh, not from concentrate juices yeah. like cheeky cocktails. Yeah. Um, and then, so a sour is uh, lemon or lime juice and some sweetener and a spirit. And those are always shaken because you always want this like nice frothy uh, top on, on top, mm-hmm. uh, which you can really only get from shaking with ice. Right. Also important for diluting. Yeah, exactly. Also important for diluting the, the, um, the, the cocktail as well. We do want a little bit, uh, depending on the cocktail, you do want that uh, dilution of water as well. Yeah. Right. But that's sort of the basis of, of any cocktail that we put on a menu is, is, you know, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel because it will never, it's like, these are tried and true and people have tried them and they are true. Um, (laughs) So, you know, if I want to like add in a modifier, like in a margarita, um, it is a sour, just it's a tequila sour, but with some orange liqueur. And then you consider right. you add orange liqueur, which has some sweetness to it. So you pull back on the sweetener that you add to the cocktail. And that's your margarita template. And then let's say I want to make a totally new cocktail, um, but I want to pair 
a grapefruit flavor and a rosemary flavor. Maybe I add some rosemary bitters and instead of orange liqueur, I use a grapefruit liqueur or grapefruit juice and add mm-hmm. that on top. And it's all, it's all like written in the stars already. Like it's all sort of there for you. Um, you just, you know, play around with balance. Yeah. Yeah. And concept. Yeah. Yeah, I think the more you drink, just like the more you, you know, are able to taste different foods and stuff like that, the more you kind of develop that palate, especially, you know, if we want to even talk about palate for wine or anything like that. Like, in order to have a palate for wine, you need to drink a lot of wine or at least taste a lot of wine. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just like when it comes down to making that cocktail, going back to, you know, this the when I think about palate and everything that you've just talked about and the ingredients that you've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, it always makes me think about lemon and lime juice, just like you were speaking about not getting it from concentrate. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's the first step yeah. in developing your cocktail palette. <laughs> like, yeah. Do not go to a bar that uses lemon or lime yeah. from concentrate. Or it's just, not real flavor. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're there, order a vodka soda. Gross. <laughs> and just get a vodka soda. Yeah. Or something simple that's not using these, you know, these these uh, acids. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of my favorite bars are, are dive bars that would look at you sideways if you ordered a daiquiri because yeah. they don't use those things. Right. And you're like, that's fine. I'll have my vodka soda, my whiskey, just my whatever. Just a shot in a beer. Yeah. Just, <laughs> or a vodka or tequila soda. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I, I do have ingredients that I call like cheater ingredients. So there's like mm-hmm. one of my favorites is Braulio. It's super, um, it's a an Italian Amaro, which means bitter. Um, but it has this really dynamic, almost like m- cured meaty flavor. It's It's got like a lot of like um, roasted like spice uh flavors like like Mm. a cooked rosemary and like Mm. thyme um as well as the sort of classic like gentian which is a a very bitter um uh root that's in almost every amaro um Mm. so that that's always fun in in any citrusy cocktail i think it it adds a really interesting element i can taste it now Mm. it was in the the blind tiger barrio no what was it called braulio braulio I actually haven't had Braulio. <laughs> really? No. Uh-huh. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, Maybe if I saw the bottle, I'd recognize it. But yeah, you've used it. It's in it's in a, a Tots cocktail. <laughs> so maybe you, you didn't go. drink it, but there you, go. <laughs> it was, you picked up that <laughs> bottle. Um, I didn't work there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't learn the cocktails. <laughs> I did. You actively avoided. It. I'm gonna be honest with you. You're Took like, a long time for me to learn those cocktails. Oh, that's fair. There were a lot of them. <laughs> that's true. That was. There were. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm gonna learn whatever is getting ordered the most, and then we'll be okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if I need to ask somebody the ingredients for something, I, I'll do that, or I'll pull up my phone. I'm starting to remember why we put you on late nights. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know. Yeah. And in that way, you find what your bartenders are good at and what your team is good at. And then yeah. you find what your guest wants. You're right. And you have to put those like four cocktails that are like your margarita variation, your very right. cutesy vodka cocktail. Yeah. Your gin something. And then like something stirred with whiskey yep. for the yep. guy who's on a date. Yep. Thousand and percent. Those are the four and that key 
you, once to you having get those, a good cocktail bar. You can have your like 22 other weird ass <laughs> cocktails <laughs> that right. like, you know, right. the, that rarely get ordered, but are fun to have. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know what just happened out there. <laughs> wow. Someone got really excited about our menu. We have a fan outside mm-hmm. of the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just Good got, morning, America. Just got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have crowds are forming, uh, hearing about these cocktails and the ingredients, and um, we're kind of afraid for our lives right now. Just a little. Anybody, <laughs> but somebody outside is very happy. <laughs> They're learning. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this yeah. is the exact reason why we have this podcast. But yeah, no, those four, that's, that's, I love that you said that because those four basic like cocktails for your menu are exactly what you need. Yeah. The and margarita, yeah. the stirred cocktail, the fruity something basic mm-hmm. where a girl's just going to love. Yeah. And then, your sex uh, in the city, babes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your gin. Like yeah, for yeah, the people who came from the UK and are like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I just need a cocktail that like looks like something that I've had at home. <laughs> yeah. like, I got you, girl. I yeah. got you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. What's your favorite cocktail? Oof. And um, this is the worst question to ask a bartender when you're ordering a drink, by the way. Don't ever ask your bartender this question because they're never going to give you an honest answer. They're going to tell you mm-hmm. the cocktail that is what? Easiest, the easiest to, to make. make. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that. <laughs> I so which of, which love one? a vodka soda. I don't, yeah. My favorite drink <laughs> ever. What's your favorite cocktail to make? Tequila shot. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? Tequila soda. Expensive and easy. <laughs> my nickname in high school. Um, but... Uh, from bartender to bartender, you and know. I'm, I don't have to make it, but it's my favorite. And you don't have to make it okay. if I, you know, now that I'm asking you. I would say a penicillin. Penicillin's your favorite to make. Yeah. A favorite to have. Favorite to have. Yeah. Penicillin's your favorite cocktail. Cool. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Can you explain to the people what's in a penicillin? Yeah. It's a honey ginger syrup, mm-hmm. lemon. Mm-hmm. What if I just forgot right now and I, I couldn't right. get it? Uh, I'd have your back. Uh, thank you. Uh, blended scotch in the shaken drink. And then right. there is a float or a spray of uh, peated scotch. So something like Laphroaig or we used Ardbeg in ours. Mm-hmm. Um, something a bit smokier. Yeah. Yeah. So I really love that. For a blended scotch, if anyone's wondering, that's yeah. more like your Johnny Walker Blacks. Yeah. You know, just something very basic. Yeah. That you... Can that you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't drink scotch would know Johnny Walker Black. Like yeah. these are your basic a Diageo product callback. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like Johnny Walker Black was made to to be like that drink where someone gets off of work at five o'clock, goes to their neighborhood bar or goes to any bar in the world and orders a Johnny Black, and it tastes just like a Johnny Black. And right. it's like easy, right? Well balanced. It's it's got a ton of scotches in it. That's it's blended with tons of scotches, but they they all work so cohesively that it's just like this sort of quintessential scotch flavor. Right. Yeah. So so in the drink, it it um, blends really nicely, really easily. Um, the honey gives it something almost a little floral with the sweetness, and then the ginger gives it a little bit of a spice that just like both sit on either side of the the scotch flavor. 
mm-hmm. um, and just sort of like it's super simple, but they blend really easily. Yeah. And then on top, you get this like strong nose of of like barbecue on a beach. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great drink. So that's yeah. your favorite to drink. That's your favorite cocktail. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you actually like enjoy making or like enjoy showing or having somebody watch you make? Cause you're like, you're going to love this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, sort of depends on the guest, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like, I always like surprising people with, with something that they've never tried, but in a way that's palatable to them. Like if, if like we were talking about Braulio, like that flavor on its own is so, intense and strange and and like i still find it strange on its own and i like i've drank a lot of it yeah um but then blending that into something that's like a a sour but using braulio even though it's it's traditionally maybe more of a modifier in cocktails using that as the base um and having them try that it's like a little more exciting in that like it's challenging them but it is it is doing it in a way that's like feels homey. It feels like mm. another drink that they've had before mm. just with like a new element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what makes a good bartender. Thank you. Like you got to know your, know your crowd, yeah. know your guest. Yeah. You know, if anybody makes or ask me to, you know, make them something, it's like, that's like asking, that's like me asking you, I don't know. Tell me a car. <laughs> Tell me a car that I should drive. Like, yeah. there's hundreds of cars. Yeah. Thou- you know, whatever. Like, it's it's so subjective. It's yeah. like, I don't know what, you don't know what I want. Yeah. It's like having like car. shuffle on Netflix. You yeah. Know, like, I've never seen Netflix, even with all of its data on me, pick anything that I would ever actually want to watch. Tell me something good to watch. Yeah. And it knows um, so much about me already. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you have to be so specific when you're, you know, dealing with a customer when it comes to something that they want to drink because, you know, that's just such a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Anybody can sit through a fucking, you know, a shitty, there's a, there's, there's more risk, mm-hmm. right? You make somebody something shitty, they give it back to you, you have to remake them something, <laughs> they don't like it. Then it's like, okay, are these yeah. people going to tip me? Like, <laughs> what's going to happen here? Now am I going to get into this, like, weird, maybe get into a weird argument with them? Yeah. You and know? there's, like, 20 people behind them who are pissed. And there's people sitting there waiting for drinks, and it's like, Jesus Christ, like, what am I supposed to do here? What am I, like, just, I don't know. Yeah. You usually just go for the fucking, something basic, something, something, you know, you, you you judge people. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely judge people. Yeah, this is depending on how they talk to me, but depending on how they're ordering with me, depending on what they're wearing. I'm like yeah. looking at their body language. I'm like, okay, you're going to like a Moscow mule. Yeah. You're going to like a margarita. They're like, oh, what was that? You might do something a little just uh-huh. to change it. A little spice. Put something maybe pink I'll, in there. Yeah. Maybe I'll just smash a jalapeno quick just to give your margarita just a little bit of spice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're like, <laughs> what is that? And you're like, a spicy margarita. <laughs> that's like, what oh, everyone likes. Oh, yeah. I've had this before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You probably have. But, you know, it still blows your mind when you taste it just yeah. because you thought I was making you something special. Yeah. It's also knowing the guy who will not drink anything out of a coupe or a stemmed glass. Right. And you're like, too girly. 
I will put too girly. The I don't want to look gay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to look like a fag. I'll put the sweetest little <laughs> drink in a rocks glass for you, and you will love it. Right, but if I put it up, <laughs> exactly, you'll be like, mm, "That's not it." Yeah, try again. You make them a little fucking, uh, you know, a nice little gin pea flower with uh, a little yeah. fucking flower on top. They're like, uh, <laughs> sure, bud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that shit's hilarious. <laughs> really mess with people. Uh, I would do that sometimes though. That's that's great. Yeah. That's always good fun. Yeah. Depending on who it is, right? <laughs> you gotta weigh your options. Weigh your options. Yeah. Well, brother, tell the people where they can find you, give them your Instagram, yeah. your website, um, you know, where they can contact you for classes. Yeah. Um, if you want to tell them where you work, which I'm sure they already know where you work by now at this point, <laughs> but you know, you can tell them that, tell them to come visit you if you want people stalking you, Yeah, you know, all that Always kind of shit, that. you know, <laughs> tell the people what they want. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty active on Instagram. It's my Instagram is someone's problem. <laughs> That's me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just love giving that out at bars. People are like, oh, and my problem now. And I'm like, just you wait. <laughs> I'm going to ruin you. <laughs> this is just a start. <laughs> um, uh, and my link tree is in there with my, uh, with my work in progress website that my um, manager friend hates so far. So I'm working on it, I promise. Um, and my email's on there as well. Um, so yeah, everything's on Instagram. Someone's problem. That's it. Just at someone's problem. No, nothing special. No. I somehow got that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because you're like special. Five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this has Who to be available. Wa- I need it. <laughs> and we're now getting a glimpse of how psychotic Aaron is. <laughs> Who wants to be anyone's problem? I don't know. He I'm like does. waiting for someone to be like, this is unprofessional. Can you change it? <laughs> like, Fine. <laughs> Hell no. Fuck yeah. that. So far, so good. Don't cave in. Yeah. I, Please don't. I won't. I Never won't. do. I'll keep it forever. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I work at LeBain. I work at Worthwild on Tuesdays. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Come by. Tuesday night. Worthwild in Chelsea. Where is that located? 19th and 9th. 19th Street and 9th Avenue. In Manhattan, New York City. New York, New York. There you go. Shout outs to Raymond and Jeff, the owners, the co-owners of... Worthwhile, so many great people over there, great food, yeah. great cocktails, great great environment, yeah. good people, everything. Yeah. One of my favorite restaurants to go to in New York. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having Aaron, me. Aaron, I think we've had one too many. <laughs> <laughs> Conversations, yeah. no one's Probably. <laughs> well, I keep going on tangents, so, you know, is it over? No, I don't know. Good. It, it's officially <laughs> over. I'm fucking cutting it off right now. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's probably for the best. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I could probably see you soon at work. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, for everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Cheers. And uh, raise your glass. One too many. Hear ye, hear ye. Cheers, darlings. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>